0: To the Mission Your Shore podcast. Let's pray. Lord, we do ask that you would speak into our hearts from your word. Lord, we do thank you that you've given us your word as a light, Lord, as a source of encouragement, Lord, as a source of direction. Lord, we do pray that you would speak to us now, help us to hear what you would want to say to each one of our hearts. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Okay, today, uh, and, and I think I say every time that I'm giving the message, which uh, I don't know how it works for a trip, but it's always something that I'm needing, and it you know, it doesn't work out really good all the time because I'm not necessarily wanting it or the information, you know, but I got to give the message. And the whole thing, like last night with the the thing, I'm like, Lord, not tonight. You know what I mean? Not tonight. I'm like barely going to make it as it is. I don't want to end up having to deal with you know, a tsunami, but that's what I'm talking about today is the Lord's will. So at some point I got to go, look, if it's the Lord's will that I stay up all night waiting for the go ahead, you can go home, then, you know, and that he probably wanted, maybe he wanted me to be in a fog this morning, then he could probably say more than if my brain was working Um, You know, at full speed, which is about four miles an hour. Um, I'm going to be reading in one little section in Matthew chapter 6. And this is a part where the disciples asked Jesus to teach them to pray. Matthew chapter 6. And I'm going to be reading verse 10. So I just want to take this one little piece here. But I'll start in 9, you know. It says, Jesus says to them, pray then in this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed or holy or lifted up is your name. Verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And as I was studying, you know, I'm kind of thinking about, man, what am I going to talk about? You know, and you think about it. Like, if you're up here, like for me, I can talk about whatever I want to do. Whatever I pick in the Bible, I can talk about. So how do you pick, how would you pick, you know, what you would want to talk about? And, oh, did I say I forgot about all the young guys, Sergio and uh, the young crew, but sorry. Sorry. Something that is really important, something that's been impressed on me is that, is the Lord's will. And you know what, in doing this, probably, and I think as it was each time that I do it, I I think the Lord wants me to learn this lesson more than anybody else here. You guys are probably going along for the ride, that this is something that I need to learn. Is the Lord's will... And at the same time, there's our will. There's my will. Who wins? Right? And in this prayer, he says, and and I'm sure everybody here has said this prayer. And you just can go, I can close my eyes and say this prayer. I know this by heart. And I grew up as a Catholic. I said this prayer probably millions of times. And partially because I was bad. So, you have to say this prayer. If you're a Catholic, you know how it works. So, the better you are, the more you got to say this prayer. And I said it a lot. But you know what? We maybe can pass over this part because you just, you know it so well. You just pass, you don't think about the little pieces, but this is one piece that we're praying. And I thought, man, is that something that we specifically pray? Lord, Your will be done. Your will be done on earth. Think about that part. That's a whole other message. As it is on earth, as it is in heaven. I can promise you that in heaven, God's will is done every day of the week. In heaven. No problem. But on earth, what do you think? Not so. And I can tell you that I know in my life, and I might guess in a lot of people here that, Maybe in each one of our lives, maybe we're not a hundred percent either. His will doesn't get done in my life as it is in heaven. I promise you that. But that's the encouragement today for us to consider His will above our will. And that's a major undertaking. What we're going to look at today are a couple of things. and, And man, when I thought about it, there's like... Scriptures and there's stories in the whole Bible about people who did God's will. And there's also a lot of stories of people who did their own will. And one thing, if you've lived, you know, as long as I have, or you've been a Christian for a while, then you'll know that, man, when you do your will, as opposed to God's will, the outcome is usually not as good. And a lot of times the outcome is a tragedy and sets in motion a lot of other things, right? Not just that very thing of what, you know, we picked, okay? And that's what we want to talk about today. Sometimes what we do, right? Now, I don't know, I heard somebody say, we just got done with our home groups, and somebody brought up in our little testimony going around the circle that that happens, that we pray kind of like, you, you ever like prayed something and kind of went like, okay, Lord, um, maybe you could adopt this idea. You know what I mean? I'm like praying my will and I want you to make it happen, you know, or a variation of that. Right, Lord? I I pray that this is your will. Kind of. And we can do that where we're trying to guide God. He's not guiding us. We're trying to guide Him. And and we're using prayer as that thing to, to get our will done. Really. It's like, man, I really want this, Lord. I pray that you would bless this thing here. Whatever that it is. Okay? And... Obviously, now when I'm saying it, it, probably sounds like, yeah. Not always good. You know, probably not good at all. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only those who do the will of my Father will enter. Now it sounds like it's pretty important. That's a radical scripture. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord. Not everyone who sits in the church. Not everyone who praises the Lord. Only those who do the will of the Father, Jesus said, is going to enter. It's actually downright scary. Now, how important is it for us? And I think that's the main point that I'm probably going to say a few times. Is doing the Lord's will a priority for us? Is it something that we're praying for, as Jesus says? To pray, Lord, I'm praying that your will would be done in my life, to be done in our country, to be done in our world, as the same way that it is in heaven. That's my prayer, and I'm going to do my part in making it happen. When we gave our lives over to the Lord, if you are one of the ones, right, and I hope that you are here this morning, one of the ones that have had that encounter with Jesus, that you've committed your life to Him, part of that commitment wasn't just saying the prayer, or coming forward, or raising your hand, or standing up, or whatever. The biggest part of that thing was that you were submitting to His authority, to His Lordship. You were going like, okay Lord, from now on, before I became a Christian... I did whatever I wanted to do. But after you become a Christian, you don't have that freedom anymore. Because becoming a Christian is what? Submitting our will to His. That's what becoming a Christian is. Beyond, way beyond the prayer. Lord, Your will be done in my life. Every single thing. Whatever You will. Whatever is your plan that's my goal. All right? God's will is always the best choice. God's will is what he knows and makes happen according to his omniscience or all knowing. God knows everything. So his will is according to that and according to his sovereignty he's over He controls, He rules everything. There is not a day. He's not up there with His TV on, wondering if the tsunami is going to hit or not. He knows everything. Always and forever. He knows everything. So His will is according to that. His will is according to His foreknowledge. He knows what's going to happen in a million years. He knows it all. When we pray, when anybody prays and they're telling God, when you tell God something, it's not new news to Him. He knows it already. He knew it a million years ago. So His will is according to all of that, according to His eternal plan and purpose. That God has a plan that we can't comprehend And he sees every angle. He sees every detail. He knows every conversation. Everything. Just think about it. There is nothing that he doesn't know. He knows all the angles. Every is like he's like a genius, like a mathematician that he knows every single formula. All in his will. Always in alignment with his word. Now I was asking Christian Jensen this morning, because he's teaching in the Sunday school this thing, God's will or our will. And of course he asked me, well, how do you know what God's will is? One way, and I'll be talking next week, I think that I'm going to talk about being a disciple. Discipleship next week. And when I was thinking about it, man, it is in alignment. And hopefully I'm going to talk a little more next week about it is that, you know what, as you're walking with the Lord, and as you're walking in His Word, then you know His will more. As you walk with Him. But if you know what, if you are not walking with the Lord, you're halfway, or you're one-third, you got one foot in the world, and One, it's going to be harder to know the will of God. Because you don't hear His voice. And I don't want to give the whole message that I'm going to give next week, but... I'll tell you that one of the scriptures, it says there in John that Jesus says that he's the good shepherd. And he says that his sheep recognize his voice. And we, how do we recognize his voice? By walking with him, by spending time with him more and more and more and more. And as you do that, then you will know what the will of God is. But if you're off somewhere else... Then you're going to have a hard time knowing what it is. If you don't read your Bible, how would you know what the will of God is if you are not in this all the time? So, all these things, and I made up that definition because I'm like, okay, I got it. What is the will of God? You know, how would you describe it? That's as best as I could describe it for this morning. It's all according to who He is. How he operates, what he knows, and I can tell you his will is like light years ahead of what anything that we could ever come up with. But for some crazy reason, I can tell you in my own life, it's not hard for me to begin to go, Well, look, I think this is how it should be done. I think this is what's going on. Right? And we begin to make in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, a scripture that I've been like drilled into my head this week. It says to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. Don't lean on your own understanding. Why? Yeah, you don't know everything. Don't lean on your own understanding. I'm telling you, I'm sure. I'm sure. And I'm like, old already. Man, I had plenty of time to figure this mess out. This thing, I've seen it before. I've been in this situation before. And you think that this is it, this is a repeat, or this is how it's put together. I know how it's going to turn out. But you know what? You don't. And I've seen it too many times to have to go around that thing again. Is that the Lord can make a way where we don't see a way. Sometimes we think, man, there's no way. But the Lord always comes up with something that we didn't think about. And that's why it's best to let Him be God. Okay, I I read a, a couple, I got another one here. But I read a really good quote. And it said there to pray and let God do the worrying. Ah, wow, that's a good quote. For you warriors. Any like diehard warriors? Okay. I love the worry. But it just goes to show that's my understanding of stuff. And I worry because of that. And I thought, man, that is it. God let God do the worrying. I'm gonna pray. And go, you know what, it takes all of my effort to go, Lord, I'm putting it back in your hands. I'm giving my life back to you. Because it doesn't take long and I take it back. I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm fine now. I, I think I can do it by, on my own. Right? Don't we do that. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11. And uh, if you know my son, who's usually up there on the drums but not this morning he has a tattoo on his wrist and this is probably his life scripture right here Jeremiah 29:11 it says for i know the plans that i have for you declares the lord plans for welfare and not calamity to give you a future and a hope the god's plans god's will for us is what good and not evil but i can tell you in my life you know That a lot of the evil that has come into my life has been kind of self-fulfilling prophecy for me. When we do what we think and we go, okay, look, uh, this is the way to set it up. Then it turns into a bigger mess sometimes. And a lot of that stuff I probably think and go, man, you know what? I probably created a lot of that on my own. By taking it from the Lord and trying to do it myself. God has a better plan. Let's be open to seek out His plan and submit ourselves to that. Whatever it is, this morning. You know, and maybe the Lord has been speaking to you that. Maybe you're doing good on that. Hey, if you're good at that, awesome. Then you can come up after the service and tell me how you do it. Okay? Okay? If you're not doing good at that, man, let's go. Okay, Lord, this morning, your will be done in my life. And especially in those areas that I like to take control of stuff. Where I like to, you know, try to figure it out my own way. A problem arises when we choose our will over His we think we know what we want. We think that we know what's best for us. And as I said before, sometimes we ask God even to bless our plans. We put, you know, in Jesus name. Then thinking that it's going to happen. Right and some, you know, honestly, sometimes the Lord allows that. And we could have talked, we had a, could have had a big theological discussion about God's perfect will and God's permissive will. Sometimes he lets us go wide to learn. I did that with my kids once in a while. You know, when they were growing up. And you're like, don't touch that, that's hot. Then they like really want to touch it, so what do you do sometimes? Right? You might allow them to touch it. Now when they touch it, then you go, you see, I told you. You know, and maybe the Lord does that Sometimes. He lets us go. He lets us have what we want. And then goes, you see, I told you. I hope that you learned. An example, Genesis 3, 6. And when I thought, man, there's like so many stories in the whole Bible. We're going to be here all afternoon talking about guys that did it their way. But Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, this is the part in the garden. And it says here about Eve, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and she ate and she gave to her husband and he ate. That is pretty funny. But it started there and that's always how it is, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> been that way for thousands of years and if you're not married then you'll see that that keeps going that same process you know <laughs> um, she saw right she looked at it. it was like it looked good right she saw man that thing looked really good And isn't that how it is? She decided in her, it says here, that it looked good. The tree was desirable to make one wise. I'm going to be better for it. I'm going to be better after I do this. And maybe sometimes, I mean, man, I probably did everything that could be done in that line. That you can, don't you convince yourself. This is it. I have to have it. They, she had the whole garden. So I'm like, one tree in a whole garden? You know, she got the world, but that one tree isn't that the one thing that you can't, don't go there, and that's, you don't care about nothing else. You know, it's like a, if you ever work in Sunday school, and some of you guys are in Sunday school, there's like, in this little, uh, um, and if you, if it's, if your kid's in that age group, it's not your kid, it's somebody else's kid. Okay? But, <laughs> In that age group, the the nursery one, that there's a bunch of toys. And inevitably, and there's like, Noel buys like 4,000 toys in there. There's no even room for kids. But inevitably, one kid grabs a toy and there's another kid that has to have that same one. They might even have two of the same one, but no, it has to be that one. Right? All of a sudden, it's like, There's no other toy in the universe. I have to add, but you know what? Same with us. That we focus sometimes on the very thing that the Lord says, Look, don't touch, don't do this. Man, this is bad. All of a sudden, it's like, I have to have it. I have to try and see. In Genesis, so we see that. Another one, and uh, I don't want to take too long. On this in Genesis 13 is this story about Abraham and his nephew Lot. And Abraham is like the father of the nations. And they're kind of like cruising around, and Lot is tagging along with him. But they both get so big you know, they have so much stuff, the Lord's blessed them so much with herds and everything that they got to split up because their helpers are fighting with each other all the time. So they decide, look, you go one way, I'll go the other way. And what happens is Abraham lets Lot choose first. So Lot says here in uh, um, verse 10, you don't have to look there, I'm going to read it. Lot lifted up his eyes and saw all the valley of the Jordan, that it was watered everywhere like the garden of the Lord. So Lot looked. And he saw just the choicest land, Pupakea. There it is, in the distance. Right? And he's going, man, I have to have it. I have him. And I'll tell you actually kind of an interesting story that I just thought about. When I was in high school, probably probably like around 1968, me and my friend were, we used to come to the North Shore from Ever Beach. And what we used to do was sleep in the car. Because we were gonna dawn patrol and we didn't know anybody in the north shore, we just we just slept in the car, and but we had this big idea because our friends bought a lot up in Kea. and they were building a house. So we're like, look, we're gonna go to the house. They probably got a roof there. and We're gonna sleep in the house. They weren't. They didn't live in. We didn't even know. We drove up there. Me and him drove up there to Kea. Like 1968, if you can imagine, there was hardly any houses on the main drag. We couldn't find a house. And uh, so we turned around after looking around for a while and drove down. I can remember having a conversation going, who would want to live up here? (laughs) It just seemed like the dumbest thing to like, you got to drive up that hill every day. You know, in 1968, some of you, most of you probably weren't around. But it just seemed like the craziest thing, like, I'm like so dumb to live up here. But now, look at it. I'm like, what an idiot I was. (laughs) So Lot looks around and goes, man, that's the choicest piece. You know, I got all these. It fit his needs. This is what I need. And that's, I get to pick first. That's what I'm picking for. Okay. And he goes, that's where he wants to go. Now, one thing that he didn't do that if you are looking in verse 10, that it says in parentheses actually in that scripture, it, it doesn't show it maybe in your Bible, but that's what it is. There's a little phrase that says, that was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Now where did Lot pick? Where was that beautiful, perfect place was actually Sodom and Gomorrah? And that's where he picked according to what he saw was best for his need at the time. He didn't know that, you know what, that place is going to get judged. He didn't know anybody that lived there. He didn't know anything about it. From a distance, it looked perfect. That's where I want to pick. I'm picking first, that's it right there. And he picked Sodom. Now if you read there in Genesis 19... That what happens? Sodom gets judged. The whole city gets judged. Fire and brimstone come down. Uh, Chapter 19, it says there that the angels came. You remember the whole prayer in between 13 and 19 where Abraham makes that prayer. Well, what if there's 50 righteous guys? Will you spare? And I I was reading, I'm going, well, I wonder if he said that because his nephew's living over there. Maybe that was the whole deed. He kind of whittles it all the way down to ten people there. Lot is living there with his wife, his two daughters, and his two son-in-laws. And what happens is that who makes it out? Three people make it out. Lot and his two daughters. Well, the wife kind of made it halfway out, if you remember the story. Right? She gets out, but halfway she looks back. Ryan why did she look? Why did she look back? Because her heart was there. She leaving a place that she loved, and if you read in the story, it says there in chapter nineteen that the angels had to even push Lot to get out of there. It says that he hesitated, and you know what? Sometimes when we do that, we choose that. We're going to end up in a place where we're not supposed to be. And our heart is going to be attached to it. Not according to God's will. And then even when God goes to try and save you. And it says there that the Lord, I have it here. Then the Lord, um, that He pulls him out because of His compassion. The Lord by His compassion tried to save Lot and his two daughters. Which He did, but not Lot willingly going out. The two son-in-laws didn't make it. And the wife, halfway out, looks back and the Lord turns her into a pillar of salt. And those guys go, and if you read, actually even worse, is that the angels tell him to flee to the mountains, and then Lot is trying to make a deal with them. I don't want to go to the mountains, because I'm going to die there. Look, there's this little town called Zoar. Let me go over there. And then they go back and forth, and the angels say, Okay, go go ahead, but hurry up. Because it's going to rain fire and brimstone here in a second. And if you keep reading in chapter 19, it says there that Lot ended up not getting the Zoar because he was afraid. So Lot makes two. First he picks Sodom, the city under judgment, and then he picks his other place after they pull him out of there. And even his second choice is poor. Okay? As opposed to Abraham. And I'll bring him up. It says there yeah, that Abraham makes this choice. In verse 14. Then the Lord said to Abraham, lift up your eyes northward, southward, eastward, westward. For the land which you see I will give you. And you know what, isn't that how the Lord is? I can tell you, the Lord's will is what? Broad. Lot wanted Sodom. One town. Okay? And he picked that, and he got that. Just so happened, a town that he picked, he didn't seek the Lord. He picked the town under judgment. What did Abraham get? Abraham got everything else. And I'm going, man, that's how the Lord's will is. Our will is like this. We pick. This is what I want. This is the guy. This is the girl that I want. This is the job I want. This is the place I want to live. You know, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to have in the bank. All that kind of stuff. Right? And our will, man, our eyes, that's the way we think. But you know what? Maybe like this with Abraham, God says, if you follow his will, he says to look northward. Southward, eastward, westward, my will, everywhere you look, that can be yours according to my will. Right? And sometimes we think, I can, and I've kind of noticed that, that we think, maybe we think the Lord's will is like narrow. But I've noticed that, you know what? The Lord's will is wide. And the Lord wants it. We read that in Jeremiah. The plans that he has for us are broad. And good. And he actually gives us plenty choices. You know, it isn't like okay, you got one shot, and you know what? Everything else is there's a million wrong choices, and there's the one right one, and you know what? I hope you pick the right one. But I notice that you know what? When we follow the Lord, man, there's blessing comes in abundance, right? The land is ours. We want to follow the Lord's will. Okay, quickly, some scriptures here. Proverbs 14 verse 12 says that there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end of it is death. Some of the things that seem right to us, Proverbs 14 12. You know what, one of the scriptures that says specifically about the Lord, it says that He is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I hate to tell you guys, but this world is under judgment. And the Bible says that this world is going to burn. And if you're a Christian, it says there that we are not, this world is not our home. We're visiting this place. And the Lord's going to start all over again one day. And that's one of the things He is not willing that any should perish. But that all should come to repentance. If that's you, if you haven't come to repentance yet, if you haven't given your life over to the Lord, don't delay. Don't delay. Today is the day of salvation. Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in a man's heart, but the counsel of the Lord will stand. The Lord knows what's best. A quote that I found, never be afraid to give up your best and God will give you better. God's way is always better. You test it and see. But I'm sure all of us have lived long enough to know that. If you're a Christian, that I've tried it many, many, too many times my way. And I can promise you that God's way is always better. The message this morning is that we need to go, okay, Lord, Your will be done. Make that your prayer. Ephesians chapter 5 verses 16 and 17. I'm going to read it. It says, Therefore be careful how you walk. So consider how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of your time. Because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish. But understand what the will of the Lord is. That's an awesome scripture. Don't be foolish. Especially now. Understand what the will of the Lord is. And follow it. Psalms 145. Verse 10 says. Teach me to do your will. For you are my God. That's a good prayer. Lord teach me to do your will. When we wake up in the morning. Do we pray that prayer. Lord. Your will be done today. And you know what? You teach me and guide me today. To do your will. Whatever it might be. Philippians chapter 2 verses 12 and 13. It says to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you. Both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So the will of God is actually two-sided. The will of God is there. And you know what? We have to work According to it. This is not just saying once I work out your salvation. It's like up to us. Because the the Lord knows that, man, we can't hold up that thing. You find what the will of the Lord is. You seek after it. You pursue it. You pray for it. You read about it in the Bible. And then what? Then you work it out in your life. Right? And if it clashes with what you want... Man, you got to do and go, okay, Lord, your will is best. Your will is best. Because you know everything. Last one in Colossians 1.9, I wrote this in because this is my prayer for everybody here. Colossians, Colossians chapter 1 verse 9. He, he says there, for this reason we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask God, that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And that is my prayer. Is that all of us here would be filled with the knowledge of His will and understanding. Let's pray. Lord, we do thank You for each and every person here. And we do thank You for Your Word that it is sure, Lord, that there is nothing according to your will that you don't reveal to us. Lord, and the things that you leave unrevealed is that according to your plan, that you know that's the best. Lord, I do pray for each person here that we would all freshly submit ourselves to live our lives according to your will, what you want over what we think we might want. Lord, we do thank you for your grace in our lives. I do pray for anyone here, if they don't know you this morning, that they haven't fulfilled that part of your will. Lord, I do pray that this morning would be the day of salvation for them. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'd like to know more about our ministry here at The Mission, visit us online at www.themissionnorthshore.org.